before we get to the episode, I just wanted to shout out to my fellow podcasters. Thank you for the support. I really appreciate it. I want to give something back to you guys as well. If you're looking for sponsors, affiliate links, ads, go on podmetrics.co. That's P-O-D-M-E-T-R-I-C-S dot co. And use my code Divine Healing by D to sign up and find sponsors. That's podmetrics.co. Referral code Divine Healing by D. Good luck. Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Dr. Jillian Finker. She is a ND, so she's a naturopathic doctor and a CNS or a certified nutrition specialist. She is an expert in natural medicine. She combines the latest scientific info along with natural therapeutics to provide these individualized treatments for all her patients. She has over 15 years of clinical experience and she guides her patients back onto their path of wellness with so much compassion, so much grace. She's licensed in the states of Connecticut, Vermont, and Arizona. She's the member of the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, the New York Association of Naturopathic Physicians, the Connecticut uh, Naturopathic Physicians Association, and the Oncology Association of Naturopathic Physicians. So she specializes in women's health, helping women with hormonal problems from PMS to infertility, She helps everybody with thyroid issues, gastrointestinal problems, and anxiety. She uses nutrition, supplements, homeopathy, and various other healing techniques to help heal her patients' health problems. She's also on the board, the executive board of directors for the New York Association of Naturopathic Physicians. She has appeared on various television programs, and she acts as a consultant for several international companies. Her work has been featured in various books and major magazines nationwide. Her book, all It's All About Wellness Naturally, is also available on Amazon. So I'm like really blessed that she took the time to talk to me today about something that I am so interested in. I love to talk about it with other people. It's hormones, specifically female hormones, and just how important they are for our overall health. So she is going to be giving her insight and we're going to talk about why a lot of younger women are dealing with infertility, why that might happen. And it's just an informative episode. And I hope you guys enjoy her and take something from it. So here she is. Jillian Finker. I'm a naturopathic doctor and I have a private practice in Belmore, New York, where I've been practicing natural medicine now for almost 20 years. Amazing. So I told you briefly how much I love naturopaths and how much they have helped me over the years with issues. And I really wanted to talk about hormones with you because. So let's get started with the questions on hormones. What role does your diet play in balancing your hormones? So nutrition definitely plays an integral role in balancing the hormones. Food is essentially the foundation to our health in general. I always help each one of my patients find the specific nutritional program that's the best for them. In general, the Southern Mediterranean diet is the healthiest 
um, and it's really important to help balance the hormones. Um, basically, utilizing a lot of vegetables, the main focus being on healthy organic vegetables with um, about a fifth size of proteins, um, fish or lean organic naturally fed animal protein, nuts, seeds, all those things are good protein sources. And then complex carbs and is important to utilize as well, but that is more dependent upon the activity level of my patients. Mm -hmm. So the more active you are, the more um, the body needs to utilize those carbs for energy. And really it's important to see what's going on with the hormones and then fine tune the nutrition specifically for that patient. So for example, if I have a patient with polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, Mm -hmm. that is something that can be exacerbated by sugar and sometimes even by grains. So -hmm. those patients sometimes eliminate grains um, in their diet. And I really stress the importance of nutrition with all of my patients that have hormonal issues. You can't have a, a healthy body without taking in good nutrition. It's Right. Probably the most important thing I talk about all day long with my patients. Mm, very true. I absolutely agree. Thoughts on a vegan diet. A lot of people are saying, especially vegans, that everyone else should adopt one because you're not taking in the hormones from the animal. Therefore, you're going to have balanced hormones. Is that true? Any truth to this? I mean, in my experience, you know, I've been doing this now for almost 20 years, um, the vegan diet is a good thing to do short term as part of a a healing like cleanse. Um, Mm -hmm. In certain illnesses, it may be indicated. Um, In general, for the hormones, you don't want to do meat that's not organic. Right. Cow protein is (laughs) really important if you're going to take that in for it to be organic because they inject the cows with the hormones and that can definitely mm-hmm. negatively impact the hormones. Um, but in my experience, long-term a diet that is completely vegan can be very depleting and you always have to supplement. So when yeah. patients come to me and they're on a vegan diet or even a vegetarian diet, they have to supplement or yeah. they will get sick. So they need B12, folic acid, and sometimes they even need shots. You know, orally mm. doing those things doesn't work that well. And when I was um, in naturopathic medical school, I was actually a vegetarian for three years, vegan for like a, about a year, and I was doing it correctly, eating really healthy, and I just couldn't keep up with my immune system. If someone wow. was sick next to me, I would get it. So after doing that for such a long time and being under the care myself of a naturopathic doctor they were were telling me that I really wasn't getting the nutrients that I needed from that type of diet. And that being said, everyone is different. So Mm -hmm. there are some people I'm sure out there that can do that type of diet and be okay. I just haven't seen it personally or in my practice. Right. So if you would recommend one to somebody, you'd say make sure you're getting the supplement or if you're speaking to someone who's vegan you say are you getting your supplements yes yes and then i would go over the testing with them and let them know if they were depleted which like i said in my case mm-hmm. i've you were. only seen that to be true <laughs> so. the first time i started eating 
like a vegan lifestyle, I just o- overdosed on carbs. I'm like, oh, this is the best time to eat carbs. I can eat carbs for everything. <laughs> and that's not the case because my body does not handle carbs very well. Loves it. Yeah. <laughs> I do way better when I'm not eating carbs, unfortunately. Um, so that's I always wonder <laughs> most of us, right? Are hormonal imbalances genetic? So there can be um, a genetic predisposition and they Mm -hmm. can be genetic in nature. So a lot of times if I have a patient that has like PCOS, fibroids, Mm -hmm. or breast cancer, or even infertility, a lot of times Mm -hmm. they'll tell me, oh, my my mom had these diseases as well, or my aunt, you know, had a similar situation. So a lot of times Mm -hmm. there can be kind of that genetic predisposition. That being said, though, of course, those things can still be helped with nutrition, with supplements, with lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. Um, just because someone has a genetic predisposition doesn't mean that exactly. they're stuck with that for sure. And I've seen that clinically over and over where I've had a lot of cases where I've had identical twins and they come in and they they look different. And one of them will tell mm-hmm. me that they've been smoking and the other one will tell me that they eat pretty healthy. And I could tell you which one has has done with mm-hmm. which just by l- looking at them because one will look yeah. older. It's, it's interesting. So definitely how we treat our bodies has a huge impact on our genetics for sure. I totally believe that. That's interesting. Yeah. So like, for example, you brought up PCOS. I think anyone else who thinks they might have it, they're listening to this and like, wait, could this be something I'm dealing with? Could you explain that? about the cyst situation, like some people can have cysts and not have PCOS, and then there's other people who um, have PCOS, but like they don't have a lot of cysts. How does that work exactly? Because I've been asked this a lot, and I've heard people talking about it, and I just wanted some clarification. Sure. It's actually a pretty complicated um Syndrome and dif- depending on the practitioner you ask, will have mm-hmm. different criteria for how they diagnose. So some will right. want to see a specific pattern of cysts and see the cysts over a period of time on mm-hmm. um, the internal sonogram. Other doctors will look at the hormones and want to see the hormones looking a certain way, like the FSH, the LH, and the testosterone mm-hmm. being a certain way. So it's one of those in regular medicine that there's a lot of different criteria that go into right. it. Um, for myself personally with patients, I really want to see that hormonal pattern in mm-hmm. them. So I look at the hormones very specifically. I utilize a um, 24-hour urine panel that tells me how the body's breaking down the hormones. Um, so it's a little bit more comprehensive. Actually, it's a lot more comprehensive than blood work. And from there, what I almost always see is what I call testosterone or DHEA dominance, where mm-hmm. their testosterone's high, their DHEA is high, and that's in comparison to their estrogen and their progesterone. Mm. So sometimes their estrogen and progesterone can be low, and their DHEA <laughs> and testosterone may not even be that high. So if we looked at it in the uh. blood, it wouldn't tell us anything. So when I see that dominance, that is a huge red flag that PCOS may be going on. And then also I look at how they're metabolizing out their testosterone 
and Mm -hmm. how their insulin levels are and their blood sugar levels are. So those are the two main ways, which I know is very complicated. I look for PCOS, but I always tell patients if they, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's a complicated syndrome, but usually naturally there's so much we can do to help for it. So Mm. that's the good news. Um, But I usually tell patients if they're having an irregular period, if they're having hair Mm -hmm. growth in places where they don't want hair growth to be, um, and if they're having a lot of trouble losing weight, if they have an intolerance to carbs in general, um, to go to their gynecologist and make sure that they run all the tests that they need to run. And then if that all comes back negative, then I run that really specific hormone panel to see if there's maybe something even more subclinical going on with, along the lines of PCOS. Mm. So, like, for example, you could have a normal estrogen and progesterone, but, like, your FSH could also be high at the same time? Yes. That, yeah. And that's an indicator. Yes, oh, that's... my God. This is so, <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, wow. it's, com- it's a complicated one. I hope I Would you say it's the most complicated enough. hormonal imbalance to treat or is there um it's actually not that hard to treat <laughs> oh okay good natural, okay. yeah naturally. it sounds complicated it's when you break it down yeah <laughs> look diagnosing it and like looking at it is is mm-hmm. actually a little bit harder than it is harder to, to treat naturally yeah there's got it so much we could do for the hormones naturally good like when we hear somebody break that down, it's a little it's a bit of like a crazy game. It's like, oh, I'm okay here, but I'm not okay <laughs> here, but I still have it. Yeah. So I don't have cysts, but I'm in pain. Oh my god, my hair hurts <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. Um, but that's one of the nice things with natural medicine. You don't even need to know necessarily definitively the disease and the diagnoses to help balance out the body and and heal. So that, mm-hmm. that always makes things easier. Yes. So good segue into infertility. Why do you think a lot of young women are struggling with it? Is it because they have PCOS? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is another That's one reason. It could be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, also, stress is a huge uh-huh. factor. A huge oh, factor. Yeah. So basically... We have the choice to either make stress hormone, which is cortisol, or make progesterone, which is the feel-good hormone. It's the hormone that helps with fertility, kind of an mm-hmm. either-or pathway. So most of us are choosing that stressful pathway, um, creating cortisol. And in ancient times, if we were at war or if there mm-hmm. was a famine, it was actually a natural form of birth control. So it mm. was good in a way. If you were stressed, you wouldn't get pregnant and you were safe. I like I like how you look at the bright side of things. I like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But in modern times, it's it's really a problem. It really wreaks havoc on our hormones. Uh, And it's something that I saw even before going into this field where Mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine, an older friend of mine, um, couldn't have kids, and then they adopted a kid. And then as soon as they adopted a kid, she got pregnant. Yeah, and we see that and hear about that all the time. And then um, over the last couple of years, one of my best friends did IVF, could not get pregnant. Finally, the last round was like, I give up. And she got pregnant Mm -hmm. on the last round when she just gave up and wasn't stressed about it anymore. And then immediately after, 
her first kid with IBS, 10 years of, of trying, she had a baby naturally right away. That's so true. What a great story. Oh, it's yeah. like Charlotte and Sex in the City. She adopts yes. and she gets pregnant years later. Yes, yes. And that's so common because when we don't care anymore and that stress pathway is shifted, it really paves the way to good fertility. So that mm. is the main thing I see. And then in addition to that, of course, um, we're exposed to exogenous estrogens, which is basically mm-hmm. just a big word for estrogens in our environment that can affect our hormones. So things like pesticides and plastics and um, taking in non-organic red meat, all those things can really mess with our estrogen levels and contribute even to Even perfume, things. right? Yes, even perfume. Yeah, yeah. I heard about this recently. Yeah. It was kind of unsettling. Yeah, it's it's one of those industries where they really don't um, look what they're putting in there. So in some mm-hmm. cases, there could even be formaldehyde in perfume. You need to be very careful oh with God. perfume. Oh, my God. Great. <laughs> yeah. thing to worry about. <laughs> I know, I know. But there's... <laughs> Yeah, but what? Oh, know, yeah. we should use it for, we should use it for, let's just say I think we should use it for special occasions and not just have a signature scent just with us all day, every day, right? Yeah, and then there's natural, you know, essential natural. oils, which you can use. Yeah. And um, there's perfumes that are from Italy that, that, I'm blanking on the name of it, but those don't have any additives that smell beautiful. Um, okay. So there are ways to get around it. Okay, good. Good tip. I like that. <laughs> so you were saying organic meat, pesticides, plastic. We have to be careful also with our makeup, right? Probably yeah. get natural makeup. Yeah. Anything else you could advise people to not buy for their hormones? <laughs> you, this is um, like such a... It's like it's informative, but it's also like, damn, Davina, like, why are you like ruining my life? Why, why are you ruining my life, Doctor Finker? <laughs> my life is hard now. I know. I... <laughs> okay, I know. people need to know. It's it's important. I mean, nail polish. It's important. Mm-hmm. Nail polish. Yeah. You want to like blanking? I'm like, there's something else. What else? Nail polish. <laughs> nail polish is definitely something you want to make sure is all natural, um, and Alcohol is the best alcohol. thing to be oh, doing. God. You're killing people. <laughs> yes, today. I know. <laughs> I know. Is, is there red any wine is very, red wine? It's bad. Yeah, it's very estrogenic. Oh, it's estrogenic. So, what alcohols would you recommend if people just still want to drink? Uh, I mean, if you're trying to get pregnant, none. Yes, none. <laughs> and that goes okay. for the men Don't too. Die. For the men yes. also. Uh, I heard that. I heard studies. it's worse for the yeah. men. Yeah, there have been studies showing that, that little babies can get fetal alcohol syndrome even from men drinking. So I always like to make sure that serious? they're on board too. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Uh-oh. they got to take good care of themselves too. They're not exempt. <laughs> so I have something funny to say actually. So I have this, I had this friend and she was like on an anti-inflammation diet. She's like, oh, I'm not eating this. I'm not eating this. In my head, I'm like, oh, she's trying really hard to get pregnant. Like she's trying to decrease her stress, eating different foods. 
And I'm like waiting, waiting. I'm like, oh, is it working? This week I get the news. She's pregnant. I was like, oh, there you go. So is that another thing women can like adopt to help them get pregnant? Like eating, uh, first of all, getting things checked out, like going to someone like you, finding out what they shouldn't eat and just eliminating that. Inflammation plays a role in this too, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. definitely. You you right. you need to be um, taking in the organic foods and have a good diet because that, of course, helps to balance the hormones. And you want to make sure that you have enough nutrients. If you're nutrient deprived, mm-hmm. body's smart. It's not going to let yeah. you get pregnant if you're really depleted. So being on a really good prenatal. Um, and it's mm-hmm. important with the prenatal to be on the right type of folic acid in the prenatal. You want to make sure that it's methylated, um, mm, just in case methylated. Okay. there's any. Yeah, it's really important, just in case there's any kind of um, genetic issues with metabolizing folic acid, which a lot of patients have. So that's really important to do. And then, of course, eating organic and staying away mm. from the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. It's important. And then making sure that they're doing a good exercise routine as well as a good relaxation routine. Mm. Take so up meditation, maybe yoga. Yes. Yes. Oh, like yoga is my favorite. <laughs> good. Definitely. Like, yeah. Yoga is awesome. I also like Pilates. Yes. Yeah. So they're both Pilates things to do. And... Shall we talk about the thing that you love to talk about? Birth control. <laughs> <laughs> Control is actually how I got into this field. <laughs> yeah, isn't that um, interesting, everybody? I, yeah. So interesting. <laughs> so yeah, why is it called I was fake just... hormones? Why are they called fake so, hormones? Okay, sure. So birth control is essentially made up of hormones that are synthetic. Mm-hmm. So they're not the same as our body's hormones. And then because we're taking these high doses of synthetic hormones, it actually blocks our body's ability to produce our natural hormones. Right. So they're essentially like these fake hormones that are taking over our body in place of our real hormones. And so the only time... Oh, oh go ahead. Sorry. Um, the part where if they're taking over, like for, if someone's on it for a long time, let's say like a decade, um, and have you seen people get have trouble getting pregnant because their body is just they're just you know putting out all these fake hormones and when it does it give does it give them trouble to get pregnant when their body's just on birth control so long because they're just putting out all these fake hormones yes <laughs> yes okay yes i've seen that clinically and gynecologists a lot of times will say that oh if you're coming up birth control you know give it a year before a year i heard three become, months yeah sometimes Why now sometimes it can be up a to a year if they've if they've been on it for a really long time long time yeah yeah sorry that's why it's hard i i would say yeah. like that's why it's so hard for people for their bodies just to get into the groove like hey like we want a baby now. Like, we're not trying to fight this off. <laughs> yeah. Right? Of course, if they're doing things to support their system, it, it can mm-hmm. definitely happen faster. But, 
I always say the only time someone should go on birth control is if that's the only way they'll 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 um not have a baby kind of thing. Like patients who are refusing to use other mm. forms of birth control. And then I'm like, well, then we don't really have any other alternatives. Unfortunately, there's no natural herbs that you can take to prevent pregnancy, really. Unfortunately. It should be invented, though. (laughs) Right? Oh, that would be nice. (laughs) That would be nice. That would be fun. What do you think about the the new, uh, what's it called, Flexi or Flexi? The new gel thing that's all over the just commercials with all these different side effects that scare people from using them. Um, you know, it's, it's like a spermicide, I guess. Spermicide. Oh, that's actually one I haven't heard of. Really? Oh, it's like, um, be careful. You have burning, itching, discharge, <laughs> this, that. I'm like, why would anyone want to use this? Uh, yeah, I don't really, I, I don't really watch TV and none of my patients have um come in up utilizing that or asking about that yet so thank oh, you for bringing it i'm sure someone no will. problem but uh, i'm like i'm ex- i'm happy that i could show you something today interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah usually if they're labeling off all those side effects i try to stay away from those things if we can it's like giving you more problems you're like okay i don't want a baby but i also don't want like stuff to come out of me and burning when I pee and walk around, <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> definitely. So for someone wants to get pregnant, so eat a good diet, reduce your stress, be a naturopath, yeah. get your hormones in check, yeah. anything else that we didn't cover? Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, really working on the stress is so important, especially during these times. I say at mm-hmm. minimum 30 minutes a day, something that puts you into that parasympathetic calm mode, that feeling everything's okay, everything's going to be okay, and mm-hmm. just re- reinforcing that as a habit every day. And it has to be something that brings you there. So yoga is great, but if you're doing yoga and you're thinking about what you're making for dinner or when it's going to be mm. over and your mind is going and you're stressed, then that doesn't count. It has yeah. to calm you, whatever yeah, it is you're that's doing. True. That's true. Have you had a lot of patients also get acupuncture at the same time as coming to you? Because I heard that helps with yeah. fertility so much. Yes. I love acupuncture. I always uh, advise patients to do that in addition to seeing me and it can be really helpful for a lot of different things it's a really great tool usually i'm gonna get to the spiritual side of infertility but usually they say that um women who suffer from infertility maybe endometriosis pcos hormonal issues they have in past lives let's say past lives they have dealt with some kind of injury to the pelvic area to the uterus they have experienced like deep 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 trauma and that they carry it life to life and if in their current life they also experience some kind of trauma it only intensifies so i have worked on people who have gone to like 
so many doctors and I've also spoken to other healers that even treat like their family members, like their wives and their sisters and their cousins that are dealing with infertility. And it what usually happens is they'll go to a naturopath, they'll go to an acupuncturist, they'll go to their doctor, the doctor will put them on a diet. Um, maybe their period will get balanced, but then they're still having problems getting pregnant. So, and then I don't know if you're familiar with Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, Goop website. <laughs> she yeah, basically was <laughs> a little bit. She was selling this like jade egg. And she told everybody, like, oh, my God, everyone needs to use this. It helps with fertility, this and that. People get pregnant. I was like, oh, really? Could it? (laughs) And then I was speaking to another healer, and, you know, I was like, we were kind of sharing notes with each other, how we were working on somebody dealing with infertility. And he's like, tell her to use the rose quartz egg. My wife is using it now. I was like, oh, my God, there's truth to this? (laughs) <laughs> I was wondering, anybody come to you with asking you about, like, jade eggs, stuff like that, anything on the woo side, I no. guess? No. Um, no? No. I love this kind of stuff, but my patients cool. not ask me this kind of stuff. Um, I believe, like, the jade eggs, that's something, I mean, that's from, like, ancient times. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember learning about that in in naturopathic medical school, I believe from one of my Chinese medicine teachers. So I think that's something that has been around for a while. I I would think it would be therapeutic. Okay, cool. I was just wondering your, your take on that. If anybody, if you have any like patients who come to you asking you about that, I want to know how woo Dr. Pinker's practice gets. (laughs) (laughs) I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. It's, something that I always find very interesting, like mm-hmm. um, Brian Weiss, many, many lives, many masters oh my God. looking Love at past him. lives. And <laughs> yeah. I, but my patients, yeah, I I don't know. I get I tend to get patients that, sometimes I'll get patients that are into that kind of stuff, but usually not so much in New York anyway. When I practiced in Arizona, <laughs> people were more oh, yes. open oh my God, and the into that. There is- <laughs> The community there is amazing. Yeah. So cool. I want to go back to Arizona. Definitely. So what So what is the hardest condition to treat just overall, not just hormonal? I'm curious. Sure. So for me, my practice, I, I don't utilize um, IV therapy. Everything has to be um, taken in, whether it's nutrition or supplements or vitamins, mm-hmm. Um Patients have to be able to digest that kind of thing. So for my purposes, the hardest thing to treat is when someone can't take in nutrition. So if someone Mm. either has a feeding tube or has trouble eating, um, I don't take them on as a patient because it's just too difficult with what I do. I refer them to someone that's doing IV therapy, um, that kind of thing. Um, But pretty much I was really racking my brain for things that are difficult to treat. I mean... (laughs) In natural medicine, there's just so much that we can do, so much. Um, It's just limited if a patient can't eat, for me anyway. If you're um, doing IV therapy or shots or other things, then there's so much you can do for those patients. Mm. Interesting. I would think somebody, for example, like can't sit still or just like, 
they're just shaking a lot, like they can't relax. Probably somebody who just like asks a lot of questions as well. It's like, is is it hard to like calm people down sometimes when they come in for treatment? They're scared of needles. Yeah, well, I'm not doing needles or anything, you know, like that in my practice, but usually mm-hmm. I'm able to, to calm patients down. Um, a lot of times they're coming really anxious because they're used to going to the regular doctor and having invasive stuff done to them and that kind of thing. And when they come to see me and they see we're just going to be sitting, we're going to be talking, and I have mm-hmm. so much experience helping patients that are really anxious or have trouble with focus. So as long as I can get them to make those changes, I guess the hardest patients to treat is a patient that's not willing to make any changes. Yeah. (laughs) If they're willing to make the changes, (laughs) no matter what state they're in, I mean, if if I can give them the right nutrition and the right supplementation and change their – daily lifestyle routine and implement some healing techniques during their day. I mean, there's just really nothing I can think of that is just impossible to treat, whether it's anxiety or um, an autoimmune disease or a hormone problem, as long as the willing, as long as the patient's willing to make change. So I guess the hardest patient to treat is the one that doesn't want treatment. (laughs) Very simply put. It's like the most simplest answer, but it's also like the hardest thing to say because you want everybody to just come in and know that they're going to get a treatment, that you're here to listen to them and help them and offer them a different way that other doctors can't. So, yeah, this was a fun conversation. We made hormones fun. Yes. (laughs) Can you tell everyone where to find you, how to book an appointment with you? Sure. So, um, like I said earlier, I've been practicing for almost 20 years now in Belmore. Um, I've been partially virtual now for a mm-hmm. really long time, almost 20 years with patients in California, mm-hmm. Mexico, Bermuda, all over the world. And currently, um, we're completely virtual, and you can find me at my website, www.drfinker, so that's D-R-F as in Frank, I-N-K-E-R.com, or call the office at 516-765-3272. Perfect. Thank you, Dr. Finker. We'll be in touch. So I hope you guys enjoyed Dr. Finker's episode. Just wanted to give a little brief uh, description of the spiritual meaning behind hormones and what some possible disorders could mean to you. So when it gets to the thyroid, complications result from a belief that we cannot voice how we truly feel to our friends, family, colleagues, since our thyroid is situated in the throat chakra. Um, It is also connected to our tendency to rush. We never give ourselves enough time to do what we want to do. We have a hard time being patient, And just that mentality of, when will it be my turn? Louise Hay believes that thyroid complications are all about creativity being blocked. She feels that many women feel torn up by the pressure to be all these things, and in turn, their creative self gets blocked. So when you sense negative shifts in your hormones, you can say the following affirmation, I move beyond old limitations and now allow myself to express freely and creatively.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.